This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everyone. Lucy Kipit here. I'm the editor of Flying Solo, and this episode of our podcast is brought to you by our brand new business class membership. It's your annual pass to great deals, discounts, tips and wisdom for building the business of your dreams. Plus, you get the opportunity to be a guest on this podcast, all for just $165. Head to our website for details. Where are the pain points in your personal life that are impacting you as a business owner? Where do you feel like you're getting in your own way? And when it comes to your inner world, where do you think you are stuck? These are three of the really big and quite confronting questions insecurity coach Jamin Fraser is tackling in his latest book, Unhindered. He joins me on the podcast today to tell us all about the book. Jamin, welcome back to the podcast. Look, thanks very much for having me back again, Lucy. It's a real treat to be here. And massive congratulations to you on a new book. What a fantastic achievement. Oh, yeah, thanks. It was hard, uh, but... Yeah, nice. So nice to have it out there and really happy with how it came out and already the feedback's been great. So I'm really happy with it. Thank you. Fantastic. So insecurity is the theme of the book and it's also the theme of your work. What are some of the ways that insecurity can show up in our lives as business owners? Uh, I think there's probably five areas that it it typically manifests. Um, And often people are a bit surprised when they see that insecurity is kind of underneath these things. But, you know, firstly, it shows up in a lack of assertiveness or, or certainty. So I find business owners a lot of the time are on the back foot uh, and especially to their own products and services. So um, it, it's actually a really interesting thing because it's very unattractive when you ask someone about their own business and, and they're not really certain and they don't come across certain because, um, our, our certainty as business owners give our clients permission to be certain in, in our products and services. So that's the first area that insecurity really shows up in. Um, secondly, it shows up in undervaluing products and services. So, you know, our relationship with money is one of the clearest indicators of our relationship with ourselves. So where there's a tendency to struggle to put a dollar figure on what we're worth or discounting our products all the time or giving away stuff for free all the time or just struggling with that sales conversation. Uh, That's definitely an insecurity thing. Um, Speed drop. So where there's a whole bunch of bottlenecks and inefficiencies, communication with the team gets complicated, stuff takes a long time to get done uh, or there's, um, you know, some procrastination or stuff that gets in the way Um, that, that actually is a manifestation of insecurity. Um, motivation. So I, I often hear people refer to themselves as, oh, I'm just lazy. Um, but laziness is actually never, ever laziness. Like if I was to track someone's day or week who describe themselves as a lazy person, I'd discover pockets of high energy and high motivation and pockets of low energy. Um, so they couldn't, a lazy person is never lazy across the board. It's always interesting what they've got energy for and what they don't. Mm. So I'm always fascinated about the things they don't have energy for and, and why. And, and it's always there's something that they're afraid of in that and, and fear is what robs energy. So insecurity shows up there as um, yeah, lack of motivation. Uh, 
Uh, and yeah, and just unfulfilled potential, I, I think is probably the, the big other area where we kind of have a sense. We've got this dream. We know we're sitting on a mountain of value. We know our products and services are great. We know the market needs it. We never quite achieve that. There's always this gap between the dream and the reality. And so insecurity shows up there because it just sabotages. If, like if we have a fear of getting found out as not being good enough, it's too dangerous to really be all in and to really show up because then we could be exposed and found out as inadequate. So there's a sense of self-sabotage that comes with insecurity. So they're the, they're the big areas where it manifests for business owners. And I think, you know, listening to that list, everybody would at least fall into one of those categories. Like that's not, <laughs> they're not, you know, most people would, would experience something in that list. I think that's the point. Like to me, the, the great contribution of the insecurity project is just taking some of the angst and anxiety out of the conversation about insecurity. Like it is such a vulnerable subject. It's one that people don't know what to do with. So they kind of avoid or just think, no, no, that's not me. I don't want to talk about it, but it's a, it's a natural problem. Every one of us go through insecurity and left unchecked, it can only create drama. It can only limit us. Like, Mm. so there's nothing surer. You're right. We all have these insecurity and it all shows up. So I think the idea of bringing some clear thinking to the space, some high quality frameworks to realize, oh, look at this. It's a, it's a problem like any other problem. Uh, you can solve it. You can deal with it and, and not be limited by insecurity anymore. Yeah, which, was, which is what I wanted to ask you as well. I mean, do you think that we reflect, we might reflect on those um, problems that you've outlined in our business? You know, for instance, thinking I just keep trying and I'm not getting where I want. I'm not achieving my goals. Do you think we actually reflect on it ourselves and be able and and are able to name that as insecurity? Is that something that you think most people can do, or does that take a certain level of awareness or someone like you to come in and say actually that's what that is? Uh, yeah, it's a good question because I think typically we try and fix the problems in our life where we see the pain show up. So if we see pain show up in our motivation or our productivity, we think it's a time management issue or we think it's a systems issue. Or if we see pain show up in our finances, we think it's a money issue. Um, so I think it's likely to, to kind of just do a, um, a, a quick assessment and just feel like the problem is sitting on the surface. Mm. I think it's, um, it's, it is unusual to take a step back and be a bit more objective and ask some deeper questions. I, I don't find many people naturally do that. Hence, again, the reason why I feel it's so important to talk about the elephant in the room and talk about insecurity. Um, you know, I think I've said it on this podcast before that when I first called my business the Insecurity Project, my business coach said, no, 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 that's the wrong, that's the wrong name. You can't have that name. Like people are insecure about being insecure. No one's putting their hand up saying, can you help me fix my insecurity? Yeah. Um, but I just thought, no, people suffer greatly not knowing how to fix this so i may as well just go straight out and say all right let's talk about the thing you're most afraid of from the start and you'll be surprised at how many ways this impacts your life and your business you're so right like the word itself it does you can almost have a physical response to it it's like it's like something you don't want to admit that you know you've got yeah it's It's like being found out or something isn't it that's what it feels like it's like god people are going to see who i really Oh yeah, I, like I uh, I called my brother an insecure wanker uh, a few years back, and we didn't speak for eighteen months, and not because I called him a wanker, like <laughs> that would have been fine, but it's like insecure. That was the worst thing I could have said. Yeah, um, it's such a don't you know don't call me insecure. I'm not insecure. 
So, you know, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah. It, it's almost like it calls into question what you, your integrity, not your integrity, but just sort of like your life's work. It's sort of like if I'm insecure, it's, yeah. yeah, it puts a question mark on everything. Do you think it does? If, absolutely. Which is, yeah. Which is obviously a great business to have <laughs> as at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think acknowledging that we are insecure is enough to eradicate our insecurity? No, it's not enough, but fear unexamined grows. So that's the problem most people are facing too, because they never name it and they're imprecise about what they're afraid of. It just gets bigger and bigger inside them until it consumes them. So I think the amazing thing about insecurity is when you actually turn the light on, name it and have a look at it, that act in itself dramatically diminishes the fear. It doesn't solve the problem completely, but it certainly goes a long way just in that first step of naming it. If that's what an ins- is a, a business owner who hasn't reflected on their insecurities looks like, what does a business owner who has solved their insecurity look like? Uh, yeah, I love that question because to me, the, the prize is to be able to show up unhindered. I, I love that word. It, it, just, it just is so exciting to be able to show up at your best where it matters most. So, you know, I think the opposite of lack of assertiveness and certainty is to be able to show up on the front foot, confident, secure, clear, that you're able to get the job done and not with anything to prove or defend. You just know within yourself you've got that. I think you look efficient. I think you, you see realised potential. I think you accurately value your work. And I think, you know, money is, money is the reward you get for accurately understanding your, your worth to the world. So uh, I think it looks profitable when you're secure. Um, Yeah, so I think it's when we do our most effective work. Like I I describe this to people all the time that the insecurity problem is like, it's like your HSC or your TAFE certificate or a uni degree. You you know, every metaphor falls down somewhere, but it's kind of the qualifier. It's, It's not the main problem to solve. It's the problem to solve so that then you can actually go and solve the real problems you were designed to solve. Like each of us had this incredible gift, especially business owners and entrepreneurs. We're out solving the world's big problems. So if you don't solve your insecurity problem first, how are you supposed to then show up uh, complete in yourself, secure in your ability to then really do your best work? I, I think you're compromised and you're hindered in that work. So um, short answer is you look at, you look unhindered. And now I want to talk a little bit about the process of writing your book, because I know that there's, like many in our flying solar community who have writing a book on their, you know, their wish list, their goal list. And I know it's been a big project for you. So when did you decide to write the book? Uh, So I probably started two years ago. So it was part of a a business course that I was doing. And it was all about the idea of building assets, that that assets are a central part of uh, the value you can deliver as a business and to, to have a book. I'd already had a book before, but to have a book really specific to the insecurity project was a missing part in my values uh, ladder and my product ecosystem. So yeah, two years ago I started. And uh, how did you find time to write it? Because obviously you're busy running a business and writing a book is not a simple thing. Did you have to slot in particular times for that or did you designate half the week or how did, how did that look? Yeah, so it's, a, it's an interesting question because at first I just kind of tried to do it you know, whenever I had time. So I just was doing a bit here and there. There was some initial momentum and inertia to, around the excitement of I'm going to go write a book. 
So I kind of dived into it early on, but then it got to a certain point and then I was just adding bits here and there and just kind of fitting it in and, and always saying, oh, I'm, I'm getting there, I'm nearly doing it, when really it was not getting any closer. Um, it, it wasn't really until I stopped and asked a better question of myself and it was around the start of COVID. Uh, it was because there was a lot, of, a lot of talk in my networks around reinventing, around hustling, around pivoting, to, to kind of capture what was happening in the market. Um, and I got caught up in that for the first couple of weeks and it just felt really jarring until I stopped and said, hang on, what, what's, what's my rationale for who I need to be in this season? And, and I thought about that question and, and the response internally was, okay, the gift in this season is for you to go be the author and the artist. And so the moment I kind of set that as, um, in place and went, right, well, this is who I need to be. So if I'm being the author, then that's really cool because it helps me say no to everything else. So in this season, I'm just going to go be the author. So uh, that might sound um, subtle or, or unimportant to, to most people, but I think a lot of the trap around starting to write a book is often people begin with doing. They think I need to go do the work of writing a book. So I'll set aside time every day to do the writing. Um, however, doing always flows from being. So actually the only way to write a book is to go be an author. Like that is the only way anyone successfully does it. You've got to, got to change gears and, and access a different mode. And so literally it changed the way that I dressed. It changed the foods that I ate. It changed the time I went to bed and got up in the morning. Um, I got dandruff because I was not putting product in my hair. I put on five kilos. Like my my office looked like a war zone. You're not um, selling it. That You're all not selling the dreams, Jamin. <laughs> well, it helped because I, in my mind, I'm am an I'm an author. Yeah. So like in my I was I was picturing smoking a cigarette most of the time, yeah. even though I never did. But I had this kind of um, Ernest Hemingway kind of dark, angry at the world, just in my world, you know, doing my thing in my cave. Yep, yep. Uh, writing this book and it served me because it was like I clicked into this mode of being and being an author then I'll do what an author would do and so I kind of gave myself permission to go be that guy and then then it flowed and the moment it flowed then I had access to creativity and insight and um, it made sense I kind of got this logic this flow of ideas out before it was just messy it was random there was words but they didn't make any sense so that, that would be my number one thought around how I did it. It was, it was being an author rather than doing, doing work and writing a book. Wow. So it's almost like you, it's not almost like, it's like you became who you thought an author needed to be and that helped you become more efficient about writing the book, just helped you focus. Yeah, 100%. It's the, it's the be, do, have model. I don't know whether you're familiar with that no, at all. No, no. Uh, re really quickly. So there are three ways of orienting your life. You can be the have, do, be, which is kind of the victim. So the have, do, be says, when I have enough time, when I have enough support, when I have enough energy, when I have the right conditions, then I'll do the things I've always wanted to do and then I'll be successful. Um, yeah, the problem is you never have what you need and you're always comparing yourself to what others have and so because you don't have the doing gets postponed and therefore you never arrive at where you want to be. Um, that's, so that's the victim. Then, then the worker is do have be. So they're not, they're not waiting for anyone or anything. They're doing the do. It, it's head down, bum up. The more I do, the more I'll have, and the more I'll have, the happier I'll be. Um, the problem with that is the more you do, the more there is still to do. Yes. So you, 
very easily get stuck in this cycle of doing and having and imagining the next thing is going to make you happy, but you never get there because, because then the more you have, then there's the more to lose and there's the more to sustain. And so people work chasing this magical day when they're going to arrive in happiness um, and, and never get there. So, um, so the, the other way, the winner is very counterintuitive and certainly countercultural and, and the, the winner is be, do, have. So they're not, they're not waiting till they have and they're certainly not diving into doing. Their first question, after they're clear about what they want, what they want the end game to be is like, cool, well, who would I need to be to have access to that? Right, well, I'm going to go be that guy now from the start. I'm going to talk to myself like I already am that person. I'm going to dress like I am that person. I'm going to embody that person first. And then being that person, I will do what that person would do. And doing what put that person would do, well, then I'll have what that person would have. So uh, it's it's an extraordinary model. It is. I've, I've never heard of it before, but it reminds me of, I've been doing a bit of reading about manifestation, and it reminds me of the imperfect action, sort of taking imperfect action. Like you're better off taking some action however that is towards your goal rather than just sort of thinking about and planning it. Yeah, sure. I, I think that's true. However, um, if the action doesn't come out of essence, then mm. I'm, I'm, I'm unconvinced it's going to get you where you want. So I think the moment I, I clicked into my rationales to be an author, then there was a lot of imperfect action. Um, but, but I had this model of who I was being. So I'd, I'd walk into the office. Um, I only had two, two outfits that I wore for the whole three months I wrote the book and I could wear them a week at a time. I was a, I was a real mess <laughs> but, and a social retard and just kind of hid in this world. Um, but I, I so enjoyed being that guy because the moment I clicked into that, I had access to, to um, energy and creativity and uh, it didn't always look perfect, but I knew that being the author, I could then go do what the author would do. Yeah, it's fascinating. Hmm. Did you did you confront any of your own insecurities writing the book? Um, I think I confronted all those in my first book, really. Like that was the, the, the that was the beginning of the insecurity project, really. When I went to write my first book, um, off the back of one of my first foray into the coaching world, which was such a hyped up, energized space, and I thought, my goodness, I can actually make a difference here, and I'm actually going to go write this book I've always thought about. And so I can remember being in Melbourne studying at the time and I rang my best friend and my wife and told them that I was actually going to go write this book and it was so exciting and energizing and I could see this vision of my future and went home and wrote the first chapter of my first book uh, and was so energized and then but literally the second I shut the lid on the laptop all that energy and passion and excitement turned to fear and dread and holy shit what have I done uh, you know it was that was the moment I uncovered this mountain of insecurity in the first place because mm. it was like uh, now you've put yourself out there, Jamin. Now you've set this course in action. What if you can't do it? What if you're no good? What if no one cares? What if what you say is not worth anything? What if now you've just exposed yourself to judgment and ridicule and disappointment? So, um, yeah, so that was kind of, it was off the back of that moment in time that I went, right, uh, I've uncovered this mountain of insecurity and it will consume me. And, and I'm not interested in managing it. I'm not interested in, in kind of coping with it. I've got to know, is it possible to solve this problem, to eradicate this insecurity? Because if it is, well, I think that I can go on and do all that I want to do in life. But if it's not, I'm in trouble. So, uh, yeah, that hence the discovery of the seven essential practices for overcoming insecurity and setting myself free to go write that book and then, and then this one and, you know, and a whole bunch of other things. 
so the two books, uh, very distinct, different um, process there for both of them in terms of writing and what it definitely, yeah, what it yeah absolutely. Any temptation for book number three then? Oh, look, there there is another one in the pipeline at the moment. I also have a brand which is the One Minute Coach. So I have a sixty second radio segment which plays uh, around the country. Um, has done for a few years, and so I've got three hundred and sixty five pre recorded segments. And so turning that into a book so that people can have all those little content pieces uh, in, in one easy place. So um, that, that's out soon too. Sounds fantastic. So my last question is, what did the, pro the process of writing the book firstly teach you about your own business, but also mm. about where you'd like to go next with what you're doing? Wow, that's, that's a lovely question. Um, it, it taught me the value of assets. So since since writing the book, I've I've launched it. Um, I'm offering it free plus postage, which is uh, a really um, was a really intentional strategy to make it make there no barrier to entry to get this in people's hands. So I think people suffer greatly for not knowing how to solve insecurity. Um, it makes sense to have the tools. So getting it out there, easy. And then when people get to my cart, there's an opportunity then to add the the ebook and the audio version. Um, and then while you're there, you may as well get my other book. Um, and then ultimately, you know, the next logical step is to do the short course. So, um, so it's just presented this vital piece in my eco product ecosystem that that means there's no gaps in the logical step of people coming from not knowing about me to ultimately then working with me one on one. So, uh, you know, I've heard it said that the most the most important book you'll ever read will be your own. Yeah. And I think in a business sense, that's, that's so true. It is such an incredibly important asset to have. It positions you as an expert. Um, it, it opens up opportunities for speaking, for, for workshops, for working with clients. Like it's a, it's a really amazing piece in the puzzle. So I think it taught me a lot about the value of getting that piece right. Um, and, and what was your second question? Something about, yeah, about what it leads to? Well, I think it's, yeah, where it's going to lead to what you you know what's what what has it inspired about what you'd like to do next with the business um well it just so my my hunch was that it was a unique contribution my hunch was that um, no one had addressed this issue in the way that i had it in my heart to address and so my dream was that i would make a valuable contribution to the world and so when i put this out there and i get that feedback that people go oh wow you know this is this has changed something inside me, this has given me access to a, a way of thinking about this problem I'd never thought before. You know, my, my ultimate dream is to consult to the UN. Um, if that entity still exists in the next few years, yeah. uh, but to kind of, this is a global issue. You, you know, our world leaders are some of the most insecure people going around and we suffer greatly for their leadership because of their insecurity. Excuse me. And so, um, the desire to contribute meaningfully at a global level to a global problem is, is where I'd like to take my business. And very, a very, um, well, it's a very inspired goal, an incredible goal. And the more that I talk to you, Jamin, about um, what you do, the more fascinating it becomes to me and the more I tend to agree with everything that you've said. It really is the biggest undercurrent in so much of life. So very much um, a worthy purchase for all of us to go and have a look at the book because obviously in doing so, we're going to change, we don't know, 
we could change everything about our lives. I think that's the point. I think it's not just important for us as individuals to solve our insecurity. I think it's almost our responsibility because it's, it's our insecurity that causes us to hurt ourselves and others and to hang on to our dysfunction and to be selfish and narcissistic and greedy and short-sighted. I, I think for the sake of the planet, it's our responsibility to be able to show up with nothing to prove and nothing to defend and have the, having done the deep work of fully becoming an adult and owning our value and worth. And I think then we can actually go about making our meaningful contribution increasing the collective consciousness of the planet and i think if, if ever there was a time we need that it's it's now so absolutely um, yeah thanks thanks lucy it's a pleasure um speaking with you and best of luck with the book sales and obviously yeah give us a plug for where we can most easily find it that would be your website well unhinderedbook.com is the easiest place you can get that straight away as i said it's it's free if you cover the cost of postage anywhere in the world lovely jamin thank you so much for sharing all your insights with us today and hopefully you'll be back soon thanks for having me lucy 